Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Heilm, and as always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes and get it automatically. Make it easy on yourself. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. And you can follow me on Twitter at JoshHighFalse. Also, I'm looking into creating a rotating cast of readers and actors for future episodes. So if you are interested or have any questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, candy beads, feel free to email myfirstsketchpodcast at gmail.com. Today's guest is Jimmy Hack, who is currently a member of Goat Rodeo and one of the presenters of the upcoming Sports John, This is Sketch Center. Jimmy's first sketch is a parody of a commercial for the website Ancestry.com. He reads the character Jane Doe and also the omniscient voice giving all the visual details. And I played the commercial's voiceover. So let's go to the sketch. some bushes, stay in a crouched position, turns to the camera. That's when I realized I should give up my boring day job and become an assassin. It helps that I was born with no traceable fingerprints, and it doesn't hurt that I have no regard for human life. We see the woman sheds her coat showing a skin-tight Tomb Raider-style outfit with knives around the belt and a gun holster under each arm. She bursts out of the bushes, killing multiple guards and confronting a high-ranking official. She kills him too and makes a daring escape. Simply type in a name and let Ancestry.com guide you through the world's largest online collection of family history results. As she's running, now that I know my past, I can see my future thanks to Ancestry.com. Ancestry.com text box open. Discover your story is written inside. We hear a shot fired and blood drips down the text box. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Josh. Uh, so, where did this idea come from? Uh, so, the idea just came from like, watching Ancestry.com commercials and, and seeing that they're kind of, how do I found out something interesting about my past that has now informed me as I am and kind of heightened that sort of thing? Like, what if you found out that you uh, are not, <laughs> have the ability to banish or not have a, a past or something like that? So, it's a, a dangerous. So it's a pretty just clean parody of those stupid tug at your heartstrings kind of commercials, yeah, exactly. right. but go in the opposite direction right. completely. I reconnected with my family roots and now I bought this Norwegian ship from going over there. It's like, huh, I found out I have uh, nothing that's going to tie me down to any moral compass. So <laughs> feel free to murder everybody. <laughs> so, uh, so you did stand up before you did sketch. How did you find that out? I, I did some research. I did stand up for um, a couple of years. I, I was in New York 
friends. So that's yeah. Okay. Okay, so this was this was written for a class. Uh, was there any? Okay. Um, so like, was there anyone else, like any of the students in Sketch 101, would we know who they are? Or have they gone on to improv teams, sketch teams? Okay. Okay. I'm always curious about like who else is around because my my sketch 101 was like half powerhouses of the city that became powerhouses in the city and half people that were never heard of again like you know like the office cut-ups or like I had uh Brian Rumble sure. Meredith Weir uh Madonna and Brianna from uh Manny Petty uh and then a couple other people who did things here and there but then like there are the office cut-ups, the office funny people. Oh, I'm going to be a lark, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, no. And never show up again. Yeah. And that's that's exactly what half of them were. Or the one that was just super racist and awful, like, which is, I think, a, a paramount of every Sketch 101. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because it's the least racist of the three that they wrote i'm sure um okay so you who i just who i just talked to you two weeks ago or a week ago or whatever the timeline is So you were doing stand up in New York. Improv in New York or improv? You did. Okay, how what? How much of UCB did you go through? Was is that that's is that all of it? That like the core. Wow. Right. Sure. Uh, so what? So what brought you to Philadelphia? Like just the. Sure. Sure. Show, which I was like, this is great. I laughed so hard. Philly has a 
Yes, we yeah. I'm I'm sure that, that that's true that like now for as small as I think fit is I think it's also pretty big because there is stage time there is and now that we have good good growing and Philly Sketchfest doing monthly shows and more independent little venues doing things there is um more opportunity than I guess in New York and there's also more opportunity to stand out because in New York there's so much it's probably kind of hard to make a name for yourself like. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I live out in Jagantown, which is like the first train. Like, if you take regional rail north, it's like the first hub. There multiple trains go through Jagantown. Like, three or four trains come down in the city every hour from the Jagantown train station. But I still feel that's really far. Like, if I want to do a show or something, like, I like, and it's, you know, even to drive down, it's straight down Broad Street or it's it's still a relatively easy thing. But I'm not in the city. I'm not really. You know, I can't drop everything at a moment's notice or get as much as I want to do. So I do this podcast instead of doing stage stuff now. Like, I can't drop everything and do it. Yeah, you only need one hand to write. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, where they might be living in Brooklyn or something, and like. Yeah. Right. And that's then that's my like uh, if I'm taking the train in and out of the city, like I know I need to leave. Twelve thirty-five is my last train. I have to get it, otherwise I'm paying super high prices for Uber, which I'm okay with, but like. I I have to plan. Yeah, I have to plan it more. Um, <laughs> My worst story about getting back on the train after a show was I did a uh, theme show a couple years ago, and our theme and our theme our our prop was water, and in the course of my last sketch, I poured all this water on me. And I remembered a new shirt, but I didn't remember bringing a, clean, uh, a dry pair of shorts. So I was wet the entire time. And we actually went out to a bar for a while and hung out for just a little bit because it, it did feel good. And I just wanted to hang out a little bit more. And by the time I went to the train, I was still wet the entire time. And I'm just sitting there on the train, only my shorts. So, so it looked like I peed myself. And like, just I'm just sitting there, I'm just like, no one talk to me. No, don't look at my crotch, please. I didn't pee. It's not pee. Although actually in the sketch it was pee. But uh, so you come down to Philadelphia and you're a member of Goat Roadie. You're 
Right, okay. I, I've heard of sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. And like, and I'll admit, I'll, I go to sketch more than improv, like far, far away. Um, and the first time I saw a good radio show, I recognized a bunch of names cause I've, I've seen them. I've done stuff with them before. And like, there were like three names on the list on, you know, in the, I was in a group in 2011. I disappeared, oh, 2011, 2012. I disappeared from the scene in 2012 start slowly getting back in like 14 um so i'm I'm gonna say like fall 14 spring of 15 or so like where like i was like oh chris mcgrill and aubrey i know those guys i've heard of dan corker and everything but who the hell okay so and i was like i don't know i don't know that name and then there's this big giant man that comes out I was like oh that must be him like um so what was the process of joining goat rodeo after sabotage like or concurrent. concurrent, yeah. Like, but. Um, so I had auditioned for the original Goat Rodeo uh, when they were recording copies. I yeah. Send you a couple of sketches if you want to pick one to do or something, and you do a, a, a short monologue. Mm-hmm. It was like a three monologue type thing that I really liked, and I did that one. I got some laughs, which was good, and then I read for the part, and I could tell I didn't do it brilliantly. I wasn't on hook, and it was. So the sketch they ended up doing about Beanie Babies, but I, like, I didn't care. I knew it didn't Beanie Babies, that sounds like it's a McGrill, yeah, Chris McGrill sketch. Because I think he pitched that to us when we worked together in Judo Range. It's fine. So I read that one and I didn't get cast on that one, but I stayed kind of uh, in the scene and I got cast on something called Grit Dawn. Yeah, 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 the, uh, the, the Star Trek parody. Mm-hmm. And he was he came down to me and was like, Hey, uh, you know, you auditioned for this, you look good and I saw you worked on it. I like the character And you've gotten better. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kinda like was was being more assertive with characters and like putting on not just voices but like embodying things. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this guy kinda gets it now. Um, we, we can have him on the team. So I got to stay in there as a as a actor. And then like I said, when I when I was writing and pitched this to go rid of they were like, All right, next sketch. <laughs> Yeah. So are you just an actor for Good Radio, or do you also write now? Like, are you? I've gotten a few sketches on there um, from writing, which that's pretty good. Um, but I feel, but they're usually single person sketches. Sure. So like, I feel like I'm Neil Young in Buzz Kills Max Young, where I like have my <laughs> sketches that like I always had, just like bits and bits. Where Crosby, Stills, and Nash are 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 together, they're always a thing. But Neil shows up every once in a while, like, hey guys, I got this. Yeah. 
Well, I'm trying to remember, like, in one of those Saturday Night Live documentaries, they, uh, I think it was the Chris Rock period where, like, they hired a bunch of stand-ups, and a lot of them made their name on Update doing those straight to camera, just talking to the camera, no characters, no, like, uh, pretensions or anything. And I, I think it's certainly a, a helpful thing just to be able to become a character or even just say something funny, like, um, on one hand, I can't do it because I just, I'd much rather, like, I'd much rather look at the other person on stage than look out to the audience. Like it's just a little thing I have. Um, so what got what was what got you into comedy? What were you watching as a kid? What were, what was your uh, like entry point as a comedy fan? It's always SNL. Oh, like. And uh, so then I ask everyone this, and since we brought it up, who would be your favorite SNL cast member, like all time? Who's the one that stands out? So, so Satan didn't do it because they said that. No, 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 Ed has favorites. But like the guy that I, I think is currently around that I'd like to just like see work is Will Ferrell. Always huge Will Ferrell fan. I've laughed harder than ever at his best of. Like, yeah. I'm kicked out of my friend's house because his parents were like, you got to get out of here. You're trying to see you're laughing. The, the best of Will Ferrell SNL DVD is something I've returned because I've gotten it for Christmas multiple times from people. Like I hate rec- I, re- I hate returning things at stores, but that's the one because I, I don't need three copies of it. So like, so next year when I get it for for one of my nephews, I'll I'll pass it along. Uh, Yeah. But they're like body wise they're very different, but like I think we can we can say that there is no shame to either of them. Like Will Ferrell's been shirtless yeah. just as much as Chris Farley's ever done. Like Will Ferrell would have been totally game to do the Chippendales even though it wouldn't have been as funny, but like And I think when I was younger there was a childlike Yeah. 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 Uh, so what else were you watching? Like, I don't know. Well, I couldn't watch MTV as a kid. Parents rule, so I never got to watch Escape back in the day. Uh, I didn't really watch too much Kids in the Hall. I, I watched a little Whitest Kid You Know, but not enough to like remember anything. It was. It really wasn't much sketch comedy. But but like yeah. So what else? What other stand up? Like what? Because you did stand up way before you did sketch. So what was? What were the stand ups that got you in? 
things like Miss Hedberg. Yeah. There's like super, you know, I can't really write one-liners like that, but this was so, it was even better that I was trying to do comedy and like, just it just makes you think of things that are so goofy and so out of left field and, and it's perfectly in flow with the whole studio experience. Um, the, you know, Seinfeld was known, but I, I think it was more <laughs> like I, I guess Bill Burr, like Bill Burr, would have been too late. Wouldn't have really been more recently. Yeah. Makes you think. Makes you. So okay, all right. so you mentioned writing stand-up as other stand-ups. Do you like? Have you noticed that with sketch? Like, I mean, you mentioned that you basically just do that one-off characters. It's like, do you notice that in yourself? Uh, so we are a couple months away from the next Goat Radio show because I think they were October. Oh, then wait, they were that recently ago. Like, were they? <laughs> October's in my book, so why not? Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um. So, what is that experience like? Being, I mean, you. You mentioned sabotage, which I think they just ended their run as a fit house team. What is the experience like being a cast member or in the writing room of Goat Radio? Because I think you're the first Goat Radio person I've talked to. Ooh, I'm trying. Like, there's multiple people I've tried multiple times. So. And for some reason, no one else has fallen for that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, because not only do you have Sam Russell, who has been on Secret Pants for 
fit like however long it's been it's forever and i consider secret pants i say this all the time i know they disagree with me secret pants are the godfathers of comedy in the city all of us are here because of them like you know there are other people that were before them like that were with them in, in the early times in the dark ages yeah like and not only have they done the alternatives they've done main rooms and big shows like there's a story of them opening i think it's it's either for bruce 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 or earthquake down in Atlantic city it's caesar's palace like you can't do that <laughs> like no one's gonna do that anymore but like so you have sam russell you have christian alsis so you, a former fico brother he's done everything like he's done so much And but you also like you also have Chris McGrail who's who's young but like he's been around for yeah. five or six years. I was with him in judo range five years ago, and he's just crazy and has so many weird ideas that are just so fantastic. Yes. Yeah. The the. The second time I, I saw a Goat Radio show a couple years ago, there was a specific set. I was like, "That's Chris. I know that's Chris." It was I, it was the priest uh, confession with the kid, and the kid kept eating the communion wafers and getting stronger or something. Yeah. I was like, "That's Chris McGrail, obviously." And then you have Aubrey, who Manny Petty. Oh, she's done like she's another person that's done everything in the city for so long. Like, how like were you daunted? Like, was that a, a crazy thing? Did you know of those people? Like. Yeah. I don't think I was daunted, but I, I was just uh, humbled to be there, but it wasn't like I, I was in a position where I was like, I'm just gonna, gonna do this and make sure I'm ready and I have this and like don't don't be the guy that they have to like watch over. Don't be the asshole. Yeah, because that that first time I, I you know I talked about seeing Goat Rodeo, it was very much. I know these people, these people have been here forever, but there's four others that I've never seen before and they're holding their own. They're, they're hanging on, they're doing it with these people. Like, so they got a really good mix of new people coming in when that first wave left. Like, Yeah, because I think, I think you know, with an improv team, the chemistry can get mixed up so easily with a new person. But with a sketch team, as long as you have, like, that driving force, like, I think Christian has been the head writer of Goat Rodeo since day one. Sam Russell's been the director since day one. Um, even looking at the other two house teams, like, uh, Carl Bugatti has been either the director or the head writer of Dog Mountain, basically, since day one, where Joe Moore has been involved, like, you do have like those heads. Paul Trigg is the director of uh, Flat Earth. Like he's been director since day one. Like it's a very like as long as you keep a couple people, you can gel a new voice. You can mold something new that in a way that you can't do with improv. Like um, I know like Sabotage had some cast changes 
over time, like, like, or like a couple, uh, yeah. But that happens, like, but it it does make a difference more so than a sketch team does, because like, um, you know, the flat Earth has been those five for a while, but before that there was an entirely different crew. Like, I don't think anyone that's currently on flat Earth was the original flat Earth. I think other than Paul Trigg. Okay. Okay. Because, like, I remember, like, Luke Field, there's a couple other names that, like, when Flat Earth started, like, back in, uh, I think 2011 was there. Was, yeah, yeah, there's a couple of people that have moved out and moved, but, like, um, there's a, there's a chemistry issue that I don't think can be replicated, like, when you leave an improv team versus a sketch team. And and they've never added someone. It's always just been subtraction. Like those five have been together. The, the current five secret pants have been secret pants members since day one or day two or three. Like I think because I think Sam is like the newest member, and she's been there for eight or nine years. At like, uh, I think she was still pretty early on. Um, so we were talking at, like before we start recording. We talked. We were talking about your show, Sports John, and how. I don't think there has been a sports show in Philadelphia like this. And it's something that is sorely missed, like missing or that, or. Yes. Especially when they're doing good. Yeah. Yeah. The the pool of sports uh, scope and ideas is so broad yeah. that to narrow it down to things and then focus on only writing those things rather than wanting to keep repitching things every time you see these guys is difficult. So to actually narrow it down to like eight or nine sketches you want to do has been the most difficult thing to actually focus on what people what we we think people is funny and what we can actually turn into sketches that are alive. Because you can do video and you can you know create hilarious stuff and like what can we yeah, because and this is your first, this is your first opportunity of like really producing and doing the show and like being like the creative force or like the the top guy. How's that going so far? Yeah. Which would have another thing they're doing that's a big deal in it. You know, they, they have another project they're already in. 
As I was to say, the list that you have is, is all seasoned people that I've seen plenty of times over the years. So it's not like you've picked some random off the street and be like, hey, you'd be funny now. Like, right, it's good. It's, I, I have people that are in sketch shows and have done it, but for the detriment is there's always another person that's, that's uh, or another uh, project they have there. Yeah. So that's been the double edged sword that I didn't really anticipate. I thought, hey, this is Jimmy's show. <laughs> 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 so I have to go to these factories because I signed a contract that I have to, and like I can come to you a couple factories with it. So um, <laughs> it, I, in, in hindsight, I should have either planned it well and had someone like be the producer of it that's retractable, which I'm not really accustomed to, right? And or take a shorter time slot and maybe put it on a sheet and then see how it goes and go. Art? Are you doing the full hour? We're doing a headlining spot. We're like thirty. Okay, so okay, it's not just. Because you, you say longer slot, I'm like, oh, my God, a full hour? How do you do that? And like I said, there's so much sports stuff, but just with a cast of nine, yeah. that would have been very, very difficult. There's so many things left to go. Unless you have, like, a, you know, a video movie ahead of time. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I, I really see it being something that uh, can be replicated a couple times, getting new actors in there. Because once I started telling people about it, they're like, oh, I have this sketch about yeah, I said it. Because <laughs> I'm sure there's, like, because comedy and sports, or at least sports and comedy, don't always mesh, mesh together, mesh together, if I can speak it properly. Um, but there's enough comedians who watch sports, like, even in the world of stand-up, like, it's not a big, there's not a lot of stand-ups that do things about sports. Like, you have the Sklar Brothers, who are very sportsy to the, like, and, or, you know, the people that, you know, Rob Riggle works for uh, Fox for the, so, or Frank Calianda, who is just, ugh. Uh, but <laughs> yes. Yes. The, I think he does Jimmy Johnson or he did, I don't, cause I don't think he works for Fox anymore. How does he do that? <laughs> no, I mean like physically. But there's a fun niche there that I think that you can be a little. It gets more referential if you're talking about the line. In fact, like if you if you know the person you're talking about, it could be funny. If you know the sport incident or the sport well enough, it could be funny. But I think it has to be broad appeal if it's in a sketch. Yes. Yeah. Like we can if we did a comedy show on ESPN the. It would be much different than doing a sports comedy show on Comedy Central, like, yeah. So that's, um, that's in two. Like, what? And you do have a good cast. Like, who who do you have writing for you? Like, who what? Okay. Patrick and Until Pluto. Swedish. Sure. And then keep it going with a, a, a couple sketch shows you're going to have here. And then uh, all these uh, shows are really open to come do that. And then Jeff Krim is really from uh, Sabotage as well. Okay. That's, that's the people on paper now. We're trying to get a couple more big people that are there. Uh, other lawyers. Pretty, pretty solid group. Yeah, pretty solid group. But, uh, and I really, 
regret maybe not extending it more just to get some of those people that are true freaks and like, oh man, this person was definitely in Raven. I like that guy's so much. Yeah. Yeah. Jobs and so many people like so many people in Philadelphia comedy do multiple things and and like I can't imagine doing it. Yeah. 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 So what got you like? And we'll end on this because I don't I don't like you know. I no no I'm I like going philosophical at the end. Uh, so why comedy? Why did you why did you get into it? Why what was the the drive to do it? There's a pol- there's a polite clap there yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and when you perform you you can tell the difference. Yeah. Um, echoey. I just laugh because you're the first person that wasn't like altruistic and like, oh, comedy is the best medicine, and so like, comedy helps everybody, and like, <laughs> the the slightly selfish version is very refreshing to me. And. <laughs> this is working. All right. Superstar. But she's not the. Okay. Okay. Because that was my next question was did did you meet your wife through through comedy? Okay. Yeah. I find it refreshing. I love it. Yeah, sure. If I had the opportunity, I could say something like that. But right now, it's just like people standing back and saying, and you're funny, and let's, you know, I'll buy you a beer. And that's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's what we're going for now. 
All right, so go see uh, Sports John next week or this week or. <laughs> I will be wearing a trench coat with scalpers and. Hey, anyone got extra tickets? Anyone? Anyone buying extra tickets? Oh, selling tickets! Damn it! Damn it! I screwed up. I I think I think you need to do that now. On just have a dude with a cooler outside and it would just set the uh, it would just set the mood a little bit more. And then but then half the people won't understand what's going on because they've never been to a sports event. Hopefully, hopefully. Which also, which is which is funny because I was just mentioning because I have season tickets to the Philadelphia Union, the soccer team, and I take the train down and you know there's a shuttle that goes from the stadium to the train station, and the first couple of years there was a dude selling water and and pretzels and everything, and he hasn't been there this year, and I'm just like, I want my late night water for a dollar. Like where'd he go? Come on, this is how this works. It's a whole, it's a different experience. Yeah. <laughs> the circle of sports life. So go see sports, John. Because, uh, yeah, we definitely went plenty of time. All right. Bye. As always, as we talk about the history of comedy in Philadelphia in the last couple of years, I'm working from my shoddy memory. So if I was wrong about anything... I do apologize. And full disclosure, as Jimmy said that he wanted to add more people to the cast of Sports John, a couple days after this interview, he did ask me to join. Which brings me to the plug part. Jimmy is appearing next as part of Sports John This is Sketch Center, a sketch comedy show using sports as the entry point. This is Sketch Center will be performed August 11th and 12th at the Philly Improv Theater at 9 p.m. Tickets are available at fitcomedy.com. My first sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to woodercooler.com. And more information and videos for the show, My First Sketch, go to myfirstsketch.com. The music on this episode is by the band No-No which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook to keep up with who I will be talking to next and future live shows. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy, especially Sports John next week.